Please enjoy your prescribed fiction experience. Hi, I'm Phil. Hi, I'm Mark. And welcome to Organised Fun, the board game podcast, where this week we've got the next chapter of our Kids on Brooms adventure. However, mm. as usual, business first. There's only one bit of business. Mm. After playing the exit Lord of the Rings, I put a question on Twitter just, you know, now that they've branched out into licensed properties, yeah. are there any other licensed properties, uh, intellectual properties, did people think would make good exit escape room games right so got some suggestions from oh, okay. the twitterverse so steve davis says home alone krypton factor or crystal maze oh they would be cool that'd be good I mean, well yeah i was gonna say you're going into escape room territory but that's what exit is that's what so. exit is <laughs> yes i mean crystal maze would be good different but zones you, have, you also have to remember exit the format yes does tend to have a lot of similar things like cards things that draw things that cut out so yeah oh my god I can imagine the Home Alone one there would totally be a puzzle you know all <laughs> yeah, the broken puzzled. Christmas lights yeah. on the floor like a, there would totally be like a puzzle of matching those up string across doorways yes. or something heating up the door handle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes that was oh and Cosmos Games are getting well involved like in all of mm. these tweets I bet there's some up their sleeve yeah. there's some in the works oh Board Games Bren the A team fair enough mm. Murder She Wrote <laughs> oh yes <laughs> but oh my god yes I really loved this next suggestion of theirs quantum leap Ooh. each puzzle instead of like going through a door you would leap to another time zone or whatever quantum leap is and each puzzle would be in a different era of time or whatever okay that's cool that's I like that of, yeah that yeah. would work that would be cool here we go so Mr. Rao X-Files Oh, good, solid, classic. Yes. Yeah. Um, board game hot takes. Tim says MacGyver, which I've never really seen, but isn't I? Isn't that like it's just um, a dude that builds shit out of junk? To, it, to, does he? I thought it was a detective, wasn't he? Yeah, but does, doesn't oh. he? Doesn't he like create shit? I, I don't think, know. Does America have MacGyver and we have Lovejoy over here? Do we? No. It's oh. Magu- <laughs> Tim, can you get in touch and tell us what MacGyver is, please? Or or any it's American? American. It doesn't have sure. to be Tim, but it's Tim Ameri- suggested it. American Lovejoy, I'm pretty sure. There you go, Riley. He said lost oh yeah that would really that, work that would be perfect i think although i think the sort of lost we've passed that many years ago i don't think it's popular enough and when i mean you say i don't that, know. But last week we were literally talking about how they've made a doctor who game about a, a monster, know, that, a know, monster that is not current i think the zeitgeist of lost has passed unfortunately but no that would be perfect yeah okay but so riley suggested for the lost one you know puzzle, escape the hatch escape the polar bear cages mm, yeah perfect there's so many like this escape the crashing plane runes and things that codes to decipher and stuff as well yeah absolutely so tons of ideas I hope you're listening Cosmos about Handmaid's Tale oh yeah go on Handmaid's (laughs) Tale Handmaid's Tale you've got to escape (laughs) Escape you know your house banged by the master yeah yeah no there's loads isn't there yes I said saw hang on haven't they done that's basically yeah yeah, saw perfect saw would be good isn't there like a Sherlock Holmes one or something? Surely. I think there is. I don't, it's not Exit. It's some other... Uh, someone else there has are got the rights. Other, other escape room game brands do exist, guys. But, mm. uh, yes. So there you go. That's something to think about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I bet there'll be some more coming up. I bet there's... 
yeah there's a few things that would be good yeah because I mean I reckon the Lord of the Rings one will, is pretty successful I think it will do pretty well mm. and surely they'll be spurred on by this success to do others of a similar similar style mm. Back to the Future yeah I, mm, I don't know about that one alright fuck off then <laughs> anyway you know what the most yeah. likely one is Blimmin' Firefly how many games and things that's still going isn't it talk about uh, something that's passed a long time ago True. Firefly merchandise keeps rolling out true they should make a game I don't know how or what but Dollhouse I really liked Dollhouse I want a Dollhouse game please okay that's very niche but you try I don't know hidden identity trying to work out who's a doll and who's not I think how about just a general board games exit like I don't know escape the like an original story but they're based on board games you know there's like a Scrabble one. Oh yeah I mean there was that Cluedo puzzle room one. in the advent calendar the Yeti yeah. liked board games didn't yeah you? I mean what was it a Yeti who knows <laughs> spoilers anyway right yes so that's that exit games more licensed mm. stuff please but it doesn't have to be licensed stuff because the unlicensed ones are They're still as just well. as yep. cool and that's it for business so without any further ado here is Kids on Brooms chapter 3 Hollyfirth versus Aberforth mm. do, do, do. are you are sitting you comfortably, comfortably? Then I'll begin. Previously on Kids on Brooms. One of those Aberforth teams got hurt and got taken to the medical centre. The rest of them will be staying in the main hall tonight. It's one of your serpents. It just went crazy and mauled him. It seemed like it was going for him specifically. I think one of them called it Heggers or something. Is that a leaf? Aye, bloody leaves all over the place. Now where the hell did they come from? They were on the serpent, not on you. Why would I have leaves on me? I'd like to officially extend a warm Hollyfirth welcome to our friends from Aberforth, who will be staying with us while their teammate recovers. They'll temporarily be joining your class and now, without further ado, I'd like you all to give a huge round of applause for Mr. Barry Cooper, Hollyfirth Steppenfall Champion, Keeper for the Harrington Harriers, and inventor of the self-flying broom. Hello, Hollyfirth. Hi, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's great to be back here after all these years, but I expect I'll see all of you at Ball this afternoon. I have a very special announcement. Yeah, yeah. I've been sent to ask you um, if you can identify this leaf. Do you know what it is? Well, I don't know it instantly. I'm not Donald Heggington. No, it will take time. I'll consult my books. And why don't you come come to the staff room later this evening? And I should have some results by then. I don't know. Something's got Heggers going right crazy. What's wrong with Heggers? It's true. Just keeps biting the bars and, you know, being a right bogan. That's not like... Being a right flaming galah. Is she sick? Is she going to be okay? I'm currently running some tests. Something about that little Scottish twerp. Rather, rather. Yo, yeah, magical geography. I totally used to love this subject, yeah. You used to spend most of your time planning serpent ball manoeuvres, if I recall. Whilst you're working, you feel a really sharp prod in your back, and you turn around, and you see your least favourite classmate, Cynthia Whipshaft. <laughs> Grace, you're such a nerd. Barry Cooper stands. As you know, I came here for a really totally special reason today. We're going to be holding a little competition. Just a little competitionette, guys. So the winner, like, will not only win one of my company's, like, self-flying brooms, but you'll also get the chance to be part of the latest Serpent Ball initiatives and really paving the way for, like, um, yeah, the future of this amazing sport. Now, like, um, originally, there was only going to be, like, one winner. But seeing as our friends from Aberforth are here and they'll be staying for a little while, we're prepared to double this amazing prize. One for each school. So all I will say is let the competition begin. 
As soon as Barry Cooper finishes his announcement, the arena is filled with excited chatter. Barry himself walks down to the pool to talk to the players and Paula Troy. Barry gathers all the Holly Firth and Aberforth players by the side of the pool. Uh, all right, guys. So today we're just totally going to have a simple practice match. School v. school, right? I'll be watching to see who's got the spirit to join my little competition. Yeah, yeah. He flashes a grin and then he climbs up onto the umpire's seat where Paula Troy usually sits. Paula herself tries to hide a scowl. All right, lads, you had the man into positions. Oi, oi, oi. The players get into the pool and prepare to square off. There's no Heggers in this game. There's only three serpents. We know Heggers is a bit off. So Heggers is under observation in the uh, the serpent center. Jesse, on behalf of all of Hollyfirth, can you test your flight first of all? Because you've got to be, you've got to be quick. You've got to be quick to get to the ball and do your maneuvers. Six. The ball gets launched into the middle, but unfortunately the Aberforth team are slightly quicker and they grab the ball first of all. They start passing it up the pool, okay? But suddenly one of them gets, you know, the ball goes sailing. One of your team have got their player in check, guarded, various other sports related terms. Can you test your fight, please? Five. Oh, you're shit today. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Um, six. <laughs> still, it's still not good enough. Still not good enough. Uh -huh. Your your player gets into a bit of a a bit of a shoving match with the Aberforth player, but eventually the Aberforth player elbows your teammate and uh, successfully gets the ball. It's moving up and up. It's getting closer to your goal situation. Um, one of your team, or or maybe you, whoever is like powering through the water trying to get into position just to sort of get the ball off them before they take a shot can you test your grit three the the Aberforth player just sort of looked wait, wait is it you or is it one of your teammates it's one of my teammates which which teammate is it uh Shirley Hassey well unfortunately Shirley is, is no match literally the Aberforth player just sort of looks at her, does a sort of sneer, and almost like tauntingly launches the ball at the Holly First goal. Can you test your brawn, please? Come on. Four? Well, the your keeper, who's your keeper? Um, David... Hopper. Okay, David Hopper gets himself into position, but the ball has been thrown with such force that it twats him in the chest and pushes him backwards over the goal line, scoring a point for uh, Aberforth. Oh dear. <laughs> not, it's not looking amazing, Stark, but don't worry, you've still got time to sort of redeem yourself. Uh, remember, Barry Cooper is watching to see who's uh, got the talents to be in his competition. <laughs> After the match has been going on for a while up in the stands people are starting to not lose interest but sort of get a bit antsy sort of move off etc so grace and xavier you're you're sort of in the stands you notice uh juno frig she she slopes off from the staff area barnaby spud sort of slopes off in a different direction sarah flubber she's not there either um nigel wilberforce conspicuously absent from the uh, serpent ball stuff jim Goodhall, in 
fact, I mean, I'm struggling to think who is there. Jim Goodhall's not there either. So, uh, Xavier, what's you know, what are you doing at this point in the proceedings? Oh, I mean, we're doing so badly, and the game has been yeah rather one-sided. So I'm I'm really losing interest. I'm thinking yeah, might need to wander off and find something else to do. Okay, um, where where do you want? Like, what are you in search of? What are you going to do? Aberforth are doing so well. Maybe you know, there's something I could do to to sort of I don't know, like some distractions or something, or you know, kind of uh, <laughs> swing things in our favour a little bit. Uh, okay, talk me through it. What's what's your plan? Is uh, is Barry on one of those tall kind of umpire yeah, there? like a seat on a up high, like an umpire tennis yeah. situation? Is it you know, is it particularly sturdy? Is it you know, what, what are the chances that it might accidentally fall forwards into the pool? <laughs> I tell you what, can you test your brains like for your observation skills to see <laughs> what you can deduce about this umpire's chair? Mm, okay. Ooh, I don't think I was looking at the chair. Uh, <laughs> um, you you cannot work out whether it's a sturdy chair or a flimsy chair. At this distance, you can't even make out what it's made of. <laughs> you're only making, you're hazarding a guess just by his position that it even is a chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm just going to try and get as close as I can to the, the pool and just maybe just shout some insults at people as they go past. Okay, well, go for it. I mean, like, you know, it's, <laughs> It's a it's a stadium full of people. There's lots of people milling about. No one's gonna think twice about you changing your position. So uh, okay, I'm gonna wander down. Um, I'm sort of picturing it's like a uh, like a ice rink, a hockey rink, or something where there's like the panels, you know, perspex panels around the outside. Uh, I think and the yes. penguins are there, and you can see under. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like that idea. Yes. Oh yeah, okay. So there's underwatery viewing bits as well. Good shout. Okay. Um so yeah, I'm not gonna go right down to like yeah, the water level kind of view bit, but just a bit higher so I can uh I'm gonna see if I can just like distract their keeper a little bit. Okay. Um, whoever that may be. Um their keeper well you don't need to know who that you don't know who their keeper is. On the back of his robes is uh McCluskey. That's all we don't no first name, but he's got McCluskey number one on the back of his robe. Okay. I want to ask, see if I want to cast a spell just to make the water around him like heat up loads. Okay. Excellent Right. In that case, well that could easily naturally happen, couldn't it? So that's plus one. Person or smaller? Are you doing just the water like immediately around yeah, him? Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um and have you cast a spell like this before? Yeah, like potions, we, you know, do it all the time to heat up. Uh, okay. Heat it's going to be, it's a difficulty of five. Hmm. And it's going to be probably just brains, I think. Yeah, okay. So brains five. Six. Ooh. It's another, you know, it works. Nothing impressive happens. You know, your bog standard functions as expected. So <laughs> go for it. So uh, <laughs> McCluskey's just kind of, you know, he's kind of watching what's going on, but he's... Yeah, he's not seen much action this game, so he's a little bit bored. And I can tell all of a sudden he's kind of got this this kind of quizzical look on his face, and he's he's kind of looking down, and uh, and all of a sudden he's sort of like you know signalling time out to uh, to Barry, just like you know he's thinking I need to I need to get out, and uh, you know, oops, this has all gone horribly wrong because he does think he's peed himself. <laughs> um, 
bit embarrassing. Um, so there's a, yes, a short interlude on the cluster dashes off to the ch- changing rooms. Everyone's sort of a bit confused. Excellent. So now, okay, so so time out. All the, the Polyferth team are kind of, you know, huddling around. So I'm just going to go around and see, what's, uh, see what they're talking about so you can pep them up a bit. Right, so Grace, what are you thinking? As, as you know, I'll go through, you know, there's some teachers have uh, not turned up at all. Some teachers have sloped off halfway through or you can do whatever you wish to do. Um. Well, I was curious about this plant leaves that were found last time. So I kind of want to do two things. I want to see if there are any visible leaves in the water and depending if there depending if there are, I want to try and predict whether another serpent is going to go nuts this like game. Okay. So go I mean none of the serpents have been released yet. So they're all still in their cages. Are the cages visible? Yeah, I say the cages are like like just a barriered off section on each corner with a serpent in it and once the release buttons hit then this that serpent comes in so yeah you can see the serpents i think that adds an extra element of excitement seeing the serpents gnashing at the bars and sort of a bit of intimidation going on there um yeah well where like where are you are you gonna go down to the water are you gonna what are you gonna do yeah so i'll go down to the bottom and then i'll like circle around and try and look in all of the the cages and see if there are any leaves test your brains please um 13 cool okay well there's nothing in Daisy's pen, there's nothing in Hydra's pen, but you do know. I mean, there there is a bit of detritus in Cooper's pen that may or may not be one of these suspicious leaves. Okay. Um, are we still in timeout? Uh, I believe we are still in time. Well, I guess this would you would be doing this at the same time as Xavier is uh, making <laughs> McCluskey think he's pissed himself. <laughs> okay. I am going to see that. Uh, I guess Xavier's got his own plan. I don't want to like strong arm you. Like if you're standing intently, I might go and ask if you can work out their leaves. <laughs> something's a chair, so I don't know. If, uh... Oh yeah. <laughs> but now, now you're up close. Test your brains again, Xavier. Now you're up close. You might be able to. Uh... Uh, right here we go. Looking in Cooper's pen, I have spotted uh, seven. Yeah. Well, I can give give your give your personal opinion. What do you think they are, Xavier? Uh, I don't know. Are they like serpent scales? I don't know. They look kind of like the right shape. I don't know. Maybe they could be leaves. Oh, I'm not convinced. I don't know. A slightly weird colour, shimmering a bit. Um... Okay, so we're not sure. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna predict then whether this serpent's gonna go nuts. Because we've narrowed it down to one serpent, I can narrow my focus. Excellent. Well, at this point, while you two are just standing poolside, uh, someone who you presume to be the Aberforth coach sort of storms past towards the Aberforth team end of the pool, and you catch this useful snippet of angry Scottish conversation. (laughs) Well, where the bleeding hell is McCluskey then? If he's not back in a few minutes, we'll have to sub on fucking Crips McGee to take his place. (laughs) <laughs> so how how long has it been since McCluskey? Uh... Just just a minute. Uh, great, I have an idea. <laughs> Why don't we uh, go and play play McCluskey? I'm not sure that's sportsman like. Well, I just you know want to check he's all right. I feel a bit mean for what I did. I just want to go. All oh, right. Oh, that's different then. Yeah, I'll come and help. 
Jesse, over to your team is taking a bit of a pounding. Who's the captain? Are you the captain? Probably uh, you should be if you're giving the speech. <laughs> okay, apparently I'm the captain. You are gathered at your team's end. Paula Troy sort of standing there. She's not She's not angry. She's she's disappointed. She's like, all right, lads, let's, uh, come on, let's pick it up a bit. Over to Captain Rohenberg for a motivating speech, which I'm sure will be well-planned and amazingly inspirational. All right. <laughs> Okay, guys, I know we've had a bit of a pounding so far, but that doesn't mean that's how the rest of the game is going to go. We can turn this around. We are Hollyfirth. We are the Hollyfirth Hognoses. We are mighty. What we're going to do, I have a plan. We're going to get our serpents out and we're going to get them out early because they're not going to expect us to do that. These are our serpents. We know them. We train with them every week. We got them on our side. So what we're going to do is we get the ball. We're not going to go for the goal. They're going to expect that. We're going to get out Daisy. We're going to get out Hydra and we're going to cause some carnage. Um, excuse me, Captain Rowenberg, but uh, aren't we worried about the serpents attacking us like they did with that Aberforth kid the other day that one time? That's a good point, Shirley. That is a very good point, Shirley. I think, I mean, apparently, so we, we spoke to one of the kids. Apparently, they one of them was kicking off early. I've had a big eye on them up during the first half, you know, got to keep my eye on everything. I think we got to leave Coop where he is. He's looking a bit twitchy today. But I think, so far at least, I think, I think the other two should be reliable but I, I understand your worry we can we can just have one but I think if we let up we let out Daisy you know she's solid she knows us she doesn't know the others very well I think she'll be more on our side than on theirs okay captain we trust you <laughs> now come on Hollyfirth we got this excellent is there is there some sort of Hollyfirth specific team chant that that you guys do to you know rouse that competitive spirit Nothing special, <laughs> fairly generic. One, one two three Hollyfirth one two three Hollyfirth just shout our name there we go. Cool, cool, cool. Over to Xavier and Grace for Operation Pisskeeper, let's call it. Operation Pisskeeper. <laughs> Grace, you, you keep watch outside the uh, changing rooms. I'm just going to go in and uh, apologise to McCluskey. That sounds fair. You have a signal if someone's coming. What? Or I could send my little um, familiar lying in. Yeah, or squawk or something. Or... Uh, okay. Well, Xavier, you, you get into the changing rooms and you immediately see what's taking McCluskey so long. Basically, the the keeper's kit with all the pads and all the stuff. It's a bit of an effort just to get all that off to take a slash and put it all back on. So McCluskey's in there just fastening all the straps and, you know, putting all the padding and all the all the kit back on. Oh, right. Did Coach send you to get me, you wee shite? Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, I think actually they've, they're, they've subbed you out. They're uh, going to stick some other guy on. Crips, is it? Crips McGee? You what? They're going to swap me for Crips McGee? Have you seen the size of him he really is a wee shite hey look i'm just passing on a message you know they said just sit this one out you know just have a shower and uh they'll see you later hey that's not on that's not i've been playing my 100 percent top game this time what did coach say why is he telling you to tell me where's my own team uh, they're, they're all you know they're all busy they're all you know they're, they're playing their best uh you know they just sent me i happen to be around hey look Can you test your charm please uh, okay <laughs> Ooh, oh dear. Not very charming, two out of 12. Um... <laughs> uh, I don't believe you. I think you've come to sabotage our game. Once I've finished tying all these elaborate straps and whatnot, I'm going back out there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> right, the rabbit goes round the hole and through the tree. No, oh shit. The rabbit hey. goes round the tree and through the hole. But then what does the bat do? <laughs> hey, McCluskey, McCluskey, chill out. Look, yeah, okay, you got me. I was just, uh, just messing with you. 
Let me let me help you. I can you tie these up? It's really difficult once I'm wearing my catching mittens. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, I'm going to completely tie him in knots so that he just basically can't move. Excellent. Um, <laughs> McCluskey. Uh, right, you all finished now. He gets to stand up and literally just falls flat on his face and just starts. He's like turtling, tortoising <laughs> on the floor with. <laughs> oh no! Whatever could have happened. See you later, mate. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, right. Let's go, Grace. Uh, he's he wants to sit this one out. Um, I think he's happy just to let let Crips, you know, take over. I think he's a bit embarrassed having to having to leave partway through the game. Well, things progress as you naturally might expect them to. Aberforth are forced to sub in Crips McGee, who is basically miniature. I think there may be like some half pixie parentage on his side. He literally like he is dwarfed by the goal. He, you know, he keeps dropping his like none of the catching mitts, none of the pads fit him. Oh, I, he's just really tiny. He's just miniature. He's got no hope. And so things, you know, things get restored for Holly Firth. I tell you what, Jesse, just describe one epic sort of victorious moment that occurs in the second part of the game. So as per my plan, we managed to get the ball, chuck it back to Shirley. She lets Daisy out one clean hit and then the ball bounces off Daisy's cage straight back into her hands. Daisy launches up, reaches up to her full height and as we've practised a few times, Shirley tosses the ball to Daisy who flicks her tail in the air, pounds it straight into the goal. Um, it does miss teeny tiny, teeny tiny goes straight over his head to go, oh! And then Daisy hits it with such force the whole goal flies backwards into the back of the pool. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Well, it, you know, it turns out to be quite the exciting game but it does come to an end and you know for that day you all we need to you know that's it festivities over for that day you need to go and retire to the dorms get changed have a shower etc etc the next morning, a couple of you have messages waiting for you on your magical message boards in your rooms. Uh, so, Jesse, you have a message. Uh, it says, Dear Miss Rohenberg, please come to the flying grounds after breakfast. Barry Cooper. Okay. Grace, you also have a message. Uh, it says, Good morning, Gladys. <laughs> I was expecting to see you yesterday evening about this leaf. Please come and see me at your earliest convenience, Mr. Wilberforce. <laughs> I meant to go back. <laughs> uh, Xavier, you don't have a message. Nobody likes you. Unpopular, <laughs> etc. So, you you know, you get breakfast out of the way. Nothing suspicious about breakfast. But we're going to go to the flying grounds first with Jesse. The flying grounds. It's a large open space with obstacles and hoops, etc., to fly through. Jesse, what's one like fond memory that you have of the of the flying grounds? I think probably the first time I learned to do a barrel roll and the first time I did it properly, because um, that was super cool and super fun. Well, as you get closer, you see a crowd gathered at the edge of the flying grounds. From Aberforth, unfortunately, there's Donny Zimmer, uh, three of his teammates. Dougie can be there. There's Dougie. Um, obviously, McCluskey and Crips McGee didn't make the cut from their performance yesterday. So we've got Donny and Dougie and two random Aberforth people. Um, but there's also three of your own team. Who are you particularly glad to see there? Um, so we've got Shirley. She's there, um, obviously, because she did the uh, stellar performance. That's nice. And then there is... 
Mark Dashford. He's another one of our forwards. He's excellent and he's a good laugh. And Lewis Wilkes. So there you go. It's conveniently four players from each team. Barry Cooper smiles when you arrive. Ah, Miss Roenberg, the one who like totally broke my record for most points scored in a single match. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I look forward to seeing what you can do. He turns and he addresses the whole group. Right, so guys, totally. You're all here because you like really impressed me in last night's match. You're excused from lessons for the next two days to compete for the prize. Uh, Like provided that you make it through each round, obviously. Suddenly though, you hear a commotion coming from the Serpent Center at the top of the flying grounds. A loud cry rings out. Sarah Flubber emerges, levitating a prone body in front of her. It's Jim Goodhall. (gasps) Um, oh, uh, right. Let's, let's take a wee break up, shall we, before we start. Barry Cooper sort of runs over to help, uh, leaving you to your own, your own devices just for a moment. What, what do you do, Jesse? What's going on? Oh God, well, we, we know that, um, Heggers wasn't doing, there was something wrong with Heggers and then potentially something wrong with Cooper as well. So I'm, I'm worried about Jim, but I'm really worried about the other serpents as well. I guess something wrong with them. Can we go check it out? Are you going to the serpent center or the medical center? Serpent center? Yeah, I'm going to run to the serpent center. Incidentally, just out of the corner of your eye, you see Donnie Zimmer heading to the medical center. Here we go. So the Serpent Centre. So the building is is split between the Serpent sort of care centre and the Magizoology sort of class area. But obviously you're going to the Serpent Centre half. There's four tanks along one wall, one for each of our serpents. Um, and there's counters and cabinets, etc. on the other. Hydra, Cooper and Daisy, they're in their tanks. But in the middle is an examination table where an unconscious Heggers is strapped down. Other than that, there's some broken sort of beakers and stuff on the floor by the counters and some like spilled stuff. Okay. And how do the serpents in their tank look? Well, uh, you know, Daisy and Hydra appear to just be sleeping. You know, they've had a an exhausting match the night before and Cooper is sort of just doing laps sort of excitedly swimming around his tank. Okay, um, I haven't done much of the magical zoology, so I'm gonna try and see if Jim's left like an, a notebook around or something that's sort of written what he's found so far. Test what your brains. Oh no, but I'm dumb. One. You reach for what you think is a notebook, but it actually turns out to be a potted plant. <laughs> no, no evidence of Jim Goodhall's notebook. Okay. Um, I'm going to very sort of semi-cautiously walk over towards the table and just have a, a quick look at Heggers and see if I can see anything unusual about her. Heggers seems to be, you know, just unconscious, lying on the table. You know, there's a, the pool of water, as as you would expect from a sea serpent also some some sodden sort of wet leaves just knocking about there on the table that's weird because we keep them in a pool there's it's all indoor there shouldn't be leaves in here how odd i'm going to swipe a few because <laughs> i don't think i recognize them clearly not going to gather much else from looking at heggers so i'm going to wander over to cooper's tank and see if there's anything unusual in cooper's tank again me. you see sort of cooper as i said is doing laps and sort of swimming around and such uh, and there's a 
few more of the same sort of leaves just floating in the water. Yeah, I wonder what those are. I'm going to have to ask somebody clever about those. <laughs> they don't look very familiar. Um, and I'm going to have a quick look in the other two tanks as well, see if there's anything in there. There is nothing suspicious in those two tanks. Hmm. Is there a net or something I can use to scoop the leaves out of Cooper's tank without actually getting in there? You know, like those big nets they use at swimming pools? Yes, that seems like a fairly obvious thing that there would be. Test your... Let's go for grit. Seven. Well, you effortlessly <laughs> dip the net in, managing to avoid Cooper, and you collect a big clump of these leaves. Okay. I'm going to sort of try and stash those outside, sort of away from the serpents, because there seems something a bit funny about those being in and around the two serpents that are kicking off and not quite right. And then I should probably head back before I missed. At some point, Donnie comes back from the medical centre and he, you know, that he's he's doing his hair doing his hair and he just sort of gives you oh I was just borrowing my brother's hair gel it's the best around I've run out gotta look my best for when I kick your ass at this competition you wee shite <laughs> and how's your brother doing? Uh, he's alright he's on the mend he'll be back in no time and then we can get back to Scotland and leave you pathetic losers with your stupid serpents that go around biting everybody like crazy wee shites don't you go dissing our serpents there's nothing wrong with our serpents well there's nothing wrong with ours I, well actually no they did bite the roof off our stadium that's why we're down here in the first place i guess all serpents are a bit shite aren't they mm. well now i know your brother's getting better i don't feel so bad about bringing my a game today i <laughs> i might your a game stands for awful and that's all i got to say about that we are going to join Grace now. Your first lesson of the day, it's its Wednesday. It's Wednesday. And your first lesson of the day is magical geography. But you, you get to class and you find that the door is locked. How odd. What do you, What's your immediate uh, reaction here? Um, well, I look around at the other students to see if they know anything. Like, Ooh. check in with the others. Like, we do have magical geography today, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. Wait, isn't um, there a rule that if the the teacher doesn't turn up after 10 minutes you could just get a free lesson <laughs> uh yes there is yeah oh no miss merriweather is my favorite teacher anyone know where she is she may be uh, forgotten i i haven't seen her this morning she wasn't at breakfast all oh, right okay um i am gonna go and knock on the staff room door see if she's forgotten about class as you're going though obviously cynthia whipshaft casts you a dark look oh grace you're such a loser of course you're gonna go try find the teacher we could have like a whole hour to ourselves and you're just like such a loser i hate you i mean <laughs> what can you do <laughs> <laughs> right well you you knock on the door and wait eventually conveniently nigel wilberforce answers oh god excellent <laughs> ah gloria come on <laughs> uh you're going into the staff room can you describe what the staff room's like please oh uh, we allowed in well, he's letting you in. He said, come on in. Uh, um, well, we don't normally get to go in. So it's a bit of an awe-inspiring moment when I go in and discover how actually really boring it is. There's those nearly comfy 
chairs set out in rows and then there's lots of desks with like books piled up in haphazard ways notice boards with just really boring notices on them <laughs> what like book troll due Wednesday yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and then a big sign over the photocopier saying provide resources for all your students don't photocopy <laughs> <laughs> well you know Nigel Wilberforce sort of motions for you to take a seat by the fire what can I do for you then uh, Gemma um, I was wondering uh, have you seen Mrs. Miss Merriweather anywhere oh well I sort of recall some sort of commotion over at the um, serpent thing Jim Goodall had some sort of accident or something and uh, Miss Merriweather has gone to aid with that so are you supposed to have magical geography uh, today is that what it is eh um, yes but if she's busy can't be helped well I do think she actually sent a note to the aff- affected children uh, let me just see if I can find the original copy and uh, I'll keep you appraised of that he goes sort of pottering about um, for every place that he checks that doesn't have Miss Merriweather's note in he checks another that seems to have a bottle of something uh, and just takes a quick quick swig <laughs> there just to keep his constitution up what are you going to do while you're waiting for him to find this note I'm going to have a little gander around the staff room can you test your brain please uh, three you see nothing of interest then <laughs> <laughs> absolutely nothing catches your eye but Nigel Wilberforce comes back with the little crumpled paper in his hand okay um, here we are Gethsemane I found a message for you um, it says here we go apologies class uh, an unforeseen issue has arisen that's probably the thing at the serpent centre dear old Jim etc um, please study independently pages 29 to 49. Bloody hell, 20 pages. She's, she's got high expectations, hasn't she? In your textbooks, there will be a quiz next lesson. Right. Thank you. Well, I'll obviously definitely do that. Good. And anything else I can help you with? Uh, I've got some important drink, I mean, planning, marking <laughs> uh, to do. Lots of botany, lots of advances in the world of botany. Well, I, I know. And on that note, have you managed to identify the leaves that we found. Oh, yes, those leaves. Oh, yes, I sent you a note, didn't I, asking you about those. So it would only make sense that I tell you about those now, wouldn't it? Otherwise, that would be a logical narrative storytelling. So, well, this has been a fascinating, uh, fascinating experience. Uh, the most fun I've had in ages, actually. Well, since I finished off that bottle of uh, Hollyfair's finest whiskey that I I had to bribe Canteen Hatch to go fetch out of the wine cellars for me. Um, anyway, I scoured all my books. Nothing. I sent messages to the Magical Horticultural Society. It's like the regular Horticultural Society, but everyone wears a dress. Um, nothing. And there are a bunch of tossers anyway for not letting me join. But that's a different story. So I thought I would deconstruct this leaf. Really, you know, take a look at the DNA, as it were. And that's the rub. It's not a plant. It's got more in common with one of those serpents than anything else. Absolutely fascinating. Ooh. That is fascinating. Why does it look like a leaf? I don't know. Okay. 
Sorry, it's not a plant. I'm the botany teacher. Now I know it's not a plant. I, there's nothing I can do. I just thought I'd tell you what I discovered. And that's the end of it. You'll have to speak to the um, the magical, the magizoology teacher there, I suppose. And that would be, hang on, don't tell me. Uh, that would be the guy who just got, got eaten. Oh, what? No, Jim Goodhall. He's not the magizoology teacher. He's the serpent wrangler dude. Or is he the magizoology teacher? I don't know. I know I've been working here for bloody years, but imagine what percentage of those I've been actually competent. I don't know. Oh, he is the magizoology teacher. I just checked the staff list on the wall there. I didn't even he, see the list. He is the magizoology teacher. I do recall now, actually. He does a dual job, you see. That's why I was getting confused. He looks after the serpents, but he also teaches about all the other kind of animals, like the um, the nintipints and the flatelgips, I believe. <laughs> so, well, but if he's had some sort of accident, I don't imagine we'll speak to him uh, much or at all. So I don't know. He, he might be dead. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, goodbye. He slams the door. <laughs> <laughs> then he realises that you were sitting by the fire. And Cesare's like, oh, I'm incredibly sorry. He opens the door again, ushers you out, and then slams the door. <laughs> And you just hear him call, I'll see you next time, uh, Gideon. I'll see you next time, Gideon. Um, okay, thank you, Dr. Wilberforce. You hear the sound of snoring again. <laughs> Amazing. Right, okay. <laughs> and Xavier, you're actually on a free first thing this morning. So what are you doing with your morning? Uh, well, uh, I was kind of messing around, as you know, you would in a free lesson, maybe doing a bit of flying. But I'd heard that uh, that magical geography was was cancelled. Um, and I saw that fucking snotty, what's her name, floating around, just being rude to people. What, Cynthia Whipshaft? Yeah, Cynthia Whipshaft. Uh, and so I thought, ah, oh, right, well, that probably means Grace is free. Uh, and I wanted to go and ask her about um, just what she was so interested about at the pool, what she was getting me to look at in the water. So I was going to see if I could just find out where she was and uh, go and ask her about it. Well, so Grace, where, I mean, you've just been kicked out of the staff room. So I imagine Grace is, well, so Xavier, if you said you were going to do some flying, you're pretty close to each other. You could probably, you know, see her if you... Uh, uh, oh yeah, I'll go and just fly up slightly higher then and see if I can spot her. There she is. I'm just there standing she... at the staff room door, thanking the door. <laughs> for your time. Um, well, there you go, go talk. Okay, Grace, what were you doing in the staff room? I was trying to talk to uh, Dr. What was it, Wilberforce? Yeah, come on, Grace. He always gets your name right. It's the least you could do. <laughs> the least I could do. Wilberforce, you don't want to chat to him. He's a waste of time. In fact, he's been very helpful. He helped me. He was identifying the leaves I was trying to get you to look at yesterday. Oh, yeah. What was that about? Like, Why are there leaves in the serpent ball pool? Well, this is what we don't know. And they're fresh leaves, which we know don't grow. But this is the plot twist. Dr. Wilberforce says they're not actually plants. Wait, what? I guess, well, yeah, they kind of look like, I don't know, yeah, a bit like they could be serpent scales or something. Um, huh, there you go. Well, exactly, but we don't know what they are. It's never happened before. Intriguing. Okay, well, we can just go ask Jim, right? Um, slight problem with that. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, why? What? What's up with Jim? That he was uh, injured by a serpent. Oh, uh, damn. Where is he? In the medical centre? You seem so. Hmm, okay. Uh... I'm on excellent terms with Matron. <laughs> okay, do you reckon we could uh, go see if he's all right? Um, yeah, let's go and take a little shifty.
you two get to the medical centre. The reception area is empty and there's a little sign that says come back later on the counter. You can hear hushed voices from inside the ward, but no matter how hard you try, the door won't open. Nothing works. Hmm, they really don't want us getting in, do they? Do we want to see if we can magic the door open? Do we want to see if we can listen through the door? The problem with trying the door is that if we manage to open it and get through, <laughs> just gonna, they're going to notice. Yeah, they're yeah, they are, aren't they? Mm, okay. Um, can we hear anything through the door? Only hushed voices at this point. Without magical aid, that is all you will hear. <laughs> I reckon we can enhance that hearing. We can coax the sound to come to us like the Pied Piper. Okay, please describe the nature of the magic that you are wishing to to cast here. Well, obviously, air-related. Like encouraging the wind to blow the sound to us. Okay, right. Through the wall. Through the, like, keyhole. Okay, so you are, like, you want to sort of draw the sound through the keyhole. Yeah. Okay, let's Xavier go. does not look convinced. He's like, that's not the spell I ever use. <laughs> Uh, is that what Xavier is that I mean is that what we're going for uh, yeah I mean yeah I'm going to leave this one to Grace I've had some magical mishaps uh, <laughs> of late okay Grace have you ever cast anything of this nature before no uh, have you ever seen anyone else cast it have you read about it do you know that it's possible well I, I know it exists yeah <laughs> okay cool so we're looking at one two three four five six it's got a difficulty of six and it's going to be grit it's going to be close <laughs> That would be two. <laughs> it's not a critical loss. The spell just simply fails. There's a little sort of puff and a slight sort of like noise from the keyhole, but that's all you can hear. There's nothing, no further information to be gleaned, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Xavier's got his room. Surely we can use that somehow. Yeah, maybe we could try like listening against a window or something, see if we can see in, see what's, uh, see what's going on inside. How nimble is your ferret yeah very very nimble as ferrets generally are like a little gap it can get through or maybe I don't know again with the whole is the ferret going to be able to communicate to us anything useful it has to be a, some kind of spell to link you to your but if it backfires you're going to act like a ferret for a whole day or something <laughs> Xavier can you literally just roll a d6 would you believe that Sarah Flubber's familiar is also of a similar size and there is a ferret sized like a ferret flap in the ward door so Frederick the ferret I mean he could get into the ward but then there's the whole communication issue mm. there send Frederick in to have a nosy about see what's going on maybe try and like I don't know is there a like lock on the other side that he can sort of like climb up to and if he can hang off the handle from the other side maybe just sort of open the door just a, just enough a little bit okay, okay. Um, test your brains <laughs> but I would like you to minus one from your score because it's your ferret and not you yeah okay four <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, no matter how it. hard you try, Frederick does not understand what what you're trying. To do. <laughs> he keeps he, like you're pointing at the door handle, trying to make a turning sort of lock sight, and he's just like looking at you. He sort of like runs up to the door and sort of scratches against it. He rolls over. He's he's not getting it. 
No. Oh, bless, but Frederick has other skills. Okay, I've, I've got a plan. I've got okay. A plan. Right, let's think about this. Okay, I've got some novelty sweets, Grace. I've got one that's like, it's really horrible, makes your nose run loads. It's just disgusting. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat it and then I'm, yeah, then I'm gonna get you to knock on the door and we'll pretend I'm really ill and we'll, we'll see if we can get uh, Flubber to come out and sort of attend to us. Because she, you know, she's not gonna annoy ignore us if she thinks it's an emergency um, my only slight problem is what if it actually is an emergency in there and we're calling her out and stopping her saving lives they, they wouldn't be talking in hushed voices if it was really uh, you know okay it'll all be you know like 50cc of newt eye staff and all this <laughs> magical doctor chat you know yeah I'm going to uh, ingest some novelty sweets and just make myself appear really ill okay so what does your your nose just literally starts pissing snot does it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I maybe had sort of one too many so it is really kind of going for it and Grace to to sort of kick up a fuss and pretend she's found me somewhere and, and, and sort of you know uh, what, just like gibbering <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and to like bang on the door and get their attention or something okay um, well, the door opens. Sarah Flubber appears, but she steps out and closes the door behind her. In the brief, the briefest of instances of the door being open, you can see Miss Merriweather is in there and Jim Goodhall is uh, on the bed. He looks, he's conscious. He's got a bandage around his head, but that's all you see. Oh, Grace, whatever's the matter? I just found... Wait, why am I asking? you when there's clearly <laughs> the visible evidence here that uh, Mr. West is in some distress. Uh, Xavier, whatever's the matter? <laughs> My mistake. Grace, what is the matter? <laughs> I found it like this and I thought it was an emergency and I thought the best thing to do would be to bring him to you, Matron Flubber. <sighs> Right. She hands a pen and paper to Xavier. Tell me what happened. Uh, I scrawl a note that that basically says I was sort of trying to make some, you know, novelty novelty sweets and trick sweets, magical sweets, so that it uh, all went horribly wrong. Thought thought I'd try them on myself. They may be a bit too potent. <sighs> oh dear! Another one of your pranks gone awry, is it, Mister West? <laughs> well, <laughs> don't worry. A uh, a swift course of flushing solution will uh, quickly get any <laughs> negative items out of your system <laughs> she uh, she returns well, she goes into her little office and she returns with a cup of sort of really thick gloopy basically liquid shit she's giving you a cup of liquid shit uh, down in one then my lad shall <laughs> <laughs> I lie down um, if you just wait in examination room one uh, it's best to be close to a toilet at this point, I think. <laughs> just, uh, I've got to attend to uh, a situation in the ward, so just let yourself out while when everything's let itself out, won't you? And uh, <laughs> do be a dear and mop up any backsplash. 
What's going on? Another emergency? Well, I not one for gossip that uh, there has been another incident. That's all I can say at this point. Oh my gosh, was it another serpent incident? Uh, no, don't worry. Not nothing to do with serpents this time. Was it an accident? Was he flying That's... on his broom and he fell off? What, in the serpent centre? That would be very reckless, wouldn't it? That's not my prediction then. Um... Oh wait, I mean, it didn't happen in the serpent centre. It's not a member of staff. What? No? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So it wasn't serpent related, but it did happen in the serpent centre. Maybe. I should go. <laughs> Are I've all said... the serpents okay? I've said far too much already. <laughs> Bye-bye now. <laughs> oh, I've heard from my supplier over in Kent and the uh, the pissweed should be arriving at the end of the week. So if you can just, just try and sleep with your legs crossed until then and uh, we'll all be sorted. Okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks, Matron. <laughs> We're going to go back to the flying grounds. Uh, and, you know, Barry is finally ready to begin the first part of his competition. Obviously, it was a brief, brief little delay, uh, but it's we're finally ready to begin. Right. Uh, yeah. So sorry about that. Um, anyway, like totally a key element of being the best is like having totally quick reflexes. So the first round is going to be some broom drills. He points to all the hoops and the barriers, etc., that are set up on the flying ground. Now, Jesse. Your broom is the Daredevil's Duster, is it not? Yes. Does that give you what? Does that give you any boosts or whatnot? If I perform a stunt, I get plus three to charm checks against anyone who witnesses my stunt because I'm super cool. Because they're so impressed. Well, there you go. Can you test your grit, please? Seven. Okay. You effortlessly do a lap of the... Describe your amazing lap of the obstacles in the broom flying zone. Well, um, obviously I've got on my broom. We're sort of speeding round, barrel roll at every corner. So that sort of adds to my speed because I roll as I turn. And then sort of as I come up towards the end, just for a bit of a, a show off, I sort of take my hands off the broom and sort of pop them behind my head and go, oh yeah! Your teammates clap, you know, excitedly. You notice Barry Cooper making some, you know, encouraging looking nods. The occasional, <laughs> yeah, 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 as he makes a notes on his little clipboard thing. Uh, unfortunately, though, one of the Aberforth kids basically fucks up horrendously. Please describe. So, it's Dougie. Oh, Dougie. <laughs> so he, he reckons he can do what I did. So he gets the first corner, tries to barrel roll, um, and has gone close to the ground to do it to kind of try and show off so he rolls off the broom and sort of spins across the ground and lands in a heap at Barry Cooper's feet um, and scuffs Barry's shoes. Oh, Barry Cooper puts a big cross next to Dougie's name on his list of participants and he just looks down and says, um, yeah, like, I'm really sorry, Dougie, but back to lessons for you. I, um, like, I don't see this competition progressing for you at all. Yeah, yeah. Or should I say, nah, nah. Uh, and Dougie begrudgingly picks his ass up off the floor, takes his broomstick and just shuffles off. He's out of the competition. Dougie is gone. There are seven of you left in the competition. It's illusions next, which all three of you would normally do, but obviously Jesse is excused. So you get there and hello, take your seats, please, class. Today we'll be testing you in the portal illusion that you learned last time. Oh, says Iris Jumanji. She's very mystical and sort of floaty. So, oh, that's a point. Is anyone actually there? Xavier and Grace, have you come back? Have you gone to illusions class? <laughs> 
I'll probably be late. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably still, uh, yes, not too far from a toilet. Okay, so Xavier is still flushing. Uh, Grace, did you make it to Illusions? Yeah, um, well, I would go to class unless, okay. yeah, I go to class. Cool. So um, can you test, do a magic test of brains, uh, but it's a strength 12. It's quite a difficult uh, charm, illusion to learn. Um, 12. Excellent. There you go. Um, describe your fake door portal that you make. Um, I have gone for a grand old door, like a, a, a big solid oak double door with uh, carvings around the edge, big brass handles. That's amazing, Miss Lyons. That's brilliant. Not only is it a convincing door, but it's really artistic as well. You can add add the fake door illusion uh, to your little character sheet as mastered. At this point, Xavier rocks up late. Mr. West, you're just in time. Is everything all right? Uh, yeah, just had to go and see uh, Matron about some uh, ailment, but I'm but I'm better now. <laughs> Excellent. We're just testing our mastery of the fake door charms from last time. Test your brains, strength to out brains magic. Oh, here we go. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, no, nine. So it's not good enough. The problem they last got... time, I was practicing, right? And they were all just a bit too small. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Iris Jumanji sort of walks up to it and the door only comes up to her shoulder. It's it's a convincing looking door, Mr. West, but it's just too small. Uh, I'll keep practicing. Thanks. You've both got another free next after this. So uh, what's the plan? Well, I think we should go and have a nosy around the serpent arena and see if we can work out what these leaf slash scales are. Sounds, uh, sounds sensible. Yeah, we can do that. Find out what we can find out. Back to the flying grounds where the competition continues. Uh, Barry Cooper is ready to begin the next round of the contest after having sent Dougie on his way. Now, um, we all like know that Serpent Ball is fiercely competitive. Yeah. So not only have you got the serpents to contend with, but you'll be constantly dealing with challenges from your opponents. Yeah, yeah. The next test is simple. He raises his arms theatrically and in a grand display of magical skill, the flying obstacles twist and fold, rearrange themselves into like ramps and platforms. Within moments, an assault course lies before you, a goal platform higher on the other end of the course. With a click of his fingers, a serpent ball appears in his hands. All you have to do, yeah, is totally get the ball to the end. Uh, the four quickest of you will progress. However, while one of you's on the course, yeah, get this, you will love it. While one of you's on the course, the others are allowed to use any means necessary necessary to delay you. Nice. One of the Aberforth kids is up. Billy. Billy is up first. It's Billy McCready is his name. Billy McCready. So everyone else is allowed to use whatever magical me or non-magic, whatever means necessary to delay Billy McCready in his progress. I'm going to go with the first off just distracting noise. So I'm going to try and cast the, the Bandagast spell, what we did the other episode. Oh. <laughs> the loud noise, but I'm going to cast it's the noise occurs basically right in front of him. Okay, right. Fine, we'll go difficulty five and we'll go for quite an aggressive, you know, it's like, let's go for a brawn. Brawn five. 
11. Whoa. Uh, you cast the spell quite impressively. To anyone watching, it seems like a spell that you've mastered. Describe the effect of the Bandagast spell on Billy McCready. Just for context, a, it, the first part of the course is like, you know, like poles, like stepping stone poles that you've got to like hop along the top of. Okay. So he isn't expecting it. So there's sort of a loud sort of in front of him. Um, he is startled, falls backwards and lands on his bum. Obviously, that is a big timely delay to Billy McCready uh, in his progress. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, well, get prepared, Jesse, because soon it will be your turn to take on this magical assault course. Back to Grace and Xavier. Now, unfortunately, whilst you're on your way to the uh, Serpent Center, you happen to meet one Cynthia Whipshaft. <laughs> so, uh, Grace, how old is Cynthia Whipshaft? Um, six. No, seven. Seventeen. Xavier, what does Cynthia Whipshaft look like? Uh, I'm like a rodent. She's like really, really ratty. Okay, she got like you know buck teeth and all that. Yeah, pointy, pointy face. And I tell you what, Xavier, you can do her. Outlook, like from what you know of Cynthia Whipshaft, what would you say her her outlook on life is, her personality? Uh, just she's always had her own way. Um, you know, comes from one of the sort of high flying families, so she's just an absolute nightmare. Um, never really pays attention in lessons and stuff, and just gets like, away with it's it. Just mean to everyone, and has a little kind of crew of people that follow her around. And Grace, obviously, she she doesn't appear to like you very much. So what started this? Like, how did this this bullying or this dislike begin? Um, well, she doesn't like the fact that I was moved up a year, which proves that I'm brilliant and she's not. Understandable. Understandable. Well, her she and likes her to crank... think that she's a bit of a uh, soothsayer, like a prophesier, but she doesn't like the fact she can't actually do it. <laughs> okay, so her and her cronies sort of block your way and she gives you a sneer. <laughs> well, look who it is, Grace, and oh, is it your boyfriend, Grace? Ew. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how's your how's your snotty nose coming along, Xavier? Just as it like just between you and me? <laughs> is it all cleared up? Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she she looks at you darkly, and then before you can react, she snatches your bag off your shoulder and uh, starts rummaging through it, tipping all the shit out onto the ground. I'm going to smack her in the face really quick. <laughs> Um, te- <laughs> like launch myself at. Well, she might find my teddy bear and she test might your, hurt him. <laughs> test your fight, please. Nine plus one. Describe it. You fucking lamp the one. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's looking down at the bag thinking she's one and I just launch myself at her, punch her straight in the face as I'm hitting her. So we both tumble to the ground and she's got bloody nose and I'm just trying to grab my bag and make sure she's not going to hurt my teddy bear. Oh my God, I can't you did that. I am so telling on you, Grace. You are going to be in so much trouble for this. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Xavier's my witness. <laughs> yeah, and you just sort of, you know, started abusing us, ran over to, you know, do whatever, and just fell over on your face. That's what yeah, I saw. Yeah, that was so clumsy of you, Cynthia. <laughs> no one's going to believe a pair of losers like you anyway. And you, Xavier West, you're just as bad as her. I'm going to tell everyone that you helped 
don't think you have time again. No, I hate you. Come on, Grace, let's go. Uh, before you leave, though, one of her cronies picks up. Can you write, what is your teddy? What's its name? Describe the teddy. Um, well, obviously, it's a reasonably small teddy bear that fits in my rucksack. About, um, like, about hand size. You can, like, hold it in one hand. It's like a little comfort. And it's um, quite, uh, like, worn and threadbare, where I've had it since I was a baby. And it's got, like, one little eye and a little button nose. What's what's its name? Well, Teddy, obviously. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, um, what is the name of the crony that has picked up Teddy? Um, I don't know. Uh, Loretta. Loretta grabs. She's holding Teddy quite roughly. She's like, oh my God, is this an actual Teddy? You're such a loser. <laughs> I mean, Seriously, he's I'm doing you a favor. She flip Before you can even stop her, she flicks her wand and Teddy goes flying into the distance and you see her land within the thorny branches of the labyrinth. Loretta has helped Cynthia up off the floor. They've sort of taken, she's taken her away to the the medical center, leaving you and Xavier, you know, teddyless there. What's, what are you going to do? Oh my God, I can't believe her. How are you going to get that back? Well, we need to go now in case something happens to Teddy. (sighs) Something could get him in there. All kinds of little creatures. We can't just go off into the labyrinth. That's, I don't know, just a bad idea. We need to, well, I'm going. And, you know, you could uh, stay here if you're too much of a coward to come with me. Yeah, all right, all right. I'm kind of... <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> you get to the labyrinth. The barren, twisted branches tower over you, rustling as they shift and groan. Do either of you have any previous labyrinth experience? I reckon that seniors get to go in the labyrinth. I haven't gone in yet. Although, I take in magical geography. Is it like a native plant somewhere? No, but you'd learn about that in botany, wouldn't you? True. Why well, I'm close personal friends with Dr. Wilberforce now, so... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, Xavier, any library... Library? <laughs> Xavier, ever been to the library? Any labyrinth experience? Uh, n- never been in it. I've like walked all the way around the outside, but uh, where is it on there? Oh, yeah. Well, as much you know as you can get around, but yeah, there's just like the one, the one way in, yeah. and the rest is just impenetrable. Well, I mean, Grace is pretty determined, so you guys head straight inside, and it immediately, you know, a dark, cold atmosphere. The branches are sort of arching over, so very little of the sunlight sort of penetrates through. It's all rustling. You know, you've heard that the labyrinth, the paths change and shift as the branches sort of rearrange themselves but as you are you know you're going in the rustling of the branches almost starts to sound like whispering can you each test your grit please Go to six. I'm going to use my lucky ability to re-roll. <laughs> Did you get a one? Got a one plus one, so you know. It's... <laughs> try a different D four. Okay, three. Well, I mean, all sorry, Xavier. All you can hear is just. But Grace, it's almost like you can hear a female voice. This, this way, way, this way. way. Find, find me. me. I don't hear shit. Do you hear anything? (laughs) (laughs) I do. I can hear a whispering voice saying, this way, this way, find me. (laughs) Um, Can I, is it distinct enough for me to get an idea of like, 
male, female, age. I believe I said it was female. If oh, you sorry. Were listening. <laughs> um, just, just female, but it's quite faint. You it's get not... to the first junction, and it's like, turn, turn right, right, turn, turn right, right, come, come find, find me. me. Okay. Do we want? I think we should follow the creepy whispering voice. This can only be good. Let's do it. I mean, it's, it's, otherwise, we you know, what hope have we got? You I think follow. if we find them, they can help us out. So you, uh, you, you follow the directions going through the the labyrinth which is lucky because you know it's constantly changing but this voice whoever it is seems to know the way you keep going around the twisting turning patches and eventually you reach a dead end there lying on the grass is teddy but next to teddy is a legit actually growing fully blossoming flower whoa <laughs> Look at that. oh my god find me find me the voice fades to nothing. Okay, I'm going to get out my phone and snap a picture of that as like evidence. And because I don't know what kind of flower it is, it might be significant. Yeah, we need to uh, we need to show that to uh, Professor Wilberforce. He'll be on that in a in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> um, excellent. Well, you grab Teddy, and uh, you know he's he's none the worse for wear. He hasn't been damaged in any way. It's just a convenient way to get you into the labyrinth. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You find Teddy and weird, now that your heart is set on leaving the labyrinth, you literally just turn one corner and there's the exit. Which is lucky because Xavier, I think you've got potions next. So you've got to head to potions. Obviously Jessie would be there with you normally, but she's otherwise occupied. Just like in uh, Illusions, where you were being tested on your previous lesson, it's the same for potions. Barnaby Spud has cauldrons all set up, ready, bubbling over the little flames. Hi guys! Right, time to show me what you've got, kids. Brew me a perfect burn solution. Magical Grit 7, please, Xavier. Uh, yeah, okay, this is possible. That's, that is seven. Hey! After, you know, you do all the brewing and stuff, Barnaby Spud comes along after, you know, towards the end of the lesson. He dips a little spoon in and holds it up. Do you know what, West? That's not half bad. Well done, well done. He gives you a little bottle of burn solution to keep. Ooh, add that to my school bag. It's finally Jesse's turn to take on the obstacle course. <laughs> so we have obstacle number one, which is the hopping stepping stones. Okay. Can you roll a d6, please? Five, sorry, no. Okay, and can you roll it again? Four. Okay, so as you are about to go at the stepping stones, one of your opponents fires lightning bolts at them, so the platforms are electrified. Oh, don't like that. Um, I have a scheme. I'm going to try and summon my broom to fly over the next bit. Ah, okay. So, summoning your broom. It's going to be quite difficult because you're making an object fly. Although... It's a thing that already flies. That's true, but in itself, is it bending the rules of reality by flying? But then that's not you doing the magic. Mm. Okay, tell you what, let's go. You want it immediately. Have you ever summoned stuff of this nature before? A few times. It's a middle classman spell. Okay. It's going to be Brawn 9. 14. 
Yeah, it's the same. It's an impressive broom summoning. Your broom sort of flies straight into your hand and you use it to fly over the stepping stones. The next obstacle in the course is a rotating platform with lots. It's like Ninja Warrior, but magical. <laughs> We've got a rotating platform going on. You know, there's like poles at different levels, you know, all sorts. You've just got to get across this giant rotating platform. Uh, can you roll the D6 twice again to find out what your opponents are doing to you to mess it up? Three and one. Uh, okay. This time you see one of the Aberforth kids. He's like, he's spinning his wand around, whipping up the air into like a little tornado. And he sort of fires that straight towards you. <sighs> oh, I've still got my broom, so I'm going to swerve. Okay. That's going to be flight. But okay. because of the difficult wind conditions, it's going to be at a minus two. Oh, three. Oh, unfortunately. So you, you fly into the tornado. It sort of spins you around. You tumble off your broom. Your broom sort of flies off into the wind. <sighs> And you're just sort of lying on your back on the rotating platform. Oh no, um, I've got to get up and keep moving. The final obstacle. So you see the, you've got the rotating platform and then you've got the gold platform. It's like up and there are like a uh, monkey, but you know, like monkey bars yeah. leading up, but they're sort of broken into different sections. So you have to monkey bar and then sort of jump across to the next bit, monkey bar, jump across. Uh, 2d6 rolls, please again. Five. And six. It's the lightning guy again. So again, firing bolts of lightning at the monkey bars so that they are electrically charged. Oh, um, I mean, I think it's probably cheating to just keep trying to fly past everything. So now your broom is your broom is caught in the tornado. Yes. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I mean, oh no, no, your broom flies out of the tornado, but one of the Aberforth kids catches it and he's holding on to your your broom. Okay. Um. So the things you're like. So I guess I could try and it might take a bit of time try and de-electrify it. So try and ground it. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go. Basically try and convince the lightning to go the rest of the way to the ground. Have you done anything like this before? No, but I've seen it done maybe once. Okay, it's brains nine. Oh God. Um, <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. Impossible. C'est non possible. For what it's worth, I rolled three. Um, it's <laughs> you. So you've made some fundamental misunderstanding in the in the casting of this spell, and instead, I don't know. Instead of grounding it towards the ground, the lightning sort of snakes up your wand and sort of shocks your hand, making you oh. drop your wand. <gasps> No. Okay. How do I get around this? Come on, Emma. The the Aberforth kid. In fact, I've got a list of their names. It'll probably work out. Dougie went home. Mm. Billy went home. It, it's going to be Donnie, isn't it? <laughs> okay. He sort of shouts at you. Ah, you'll never get past that, you wee shite. Not while I'm casting this lightning. He's just standing there like... <laughs> I'm going to whistle at Odin and get him to bite Donnie's leg. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Odin suddenly clamps his little otter teeth into Donnie's ankle. Donnie starts uh, shaking his leg, but his attention span is uh, is distracted and the lightning sort of crackles off into nothing, leaving the monkey bars free for you to get across. I guess off I go. 
when it's all over, Barry Cooper makes a bit of a, you know, doing some calculations. He's checking his stuff. Right. Obviously, the two Aberforth winners are Donnie and Merida. They're through to the next round tomorrow. Um, Jesse, you've made it through. But which of your which of your Hollyfirth teammates, Shirley, Mark or Lewis, is joining you in the next round? Let's go with Mark. Uh, so let's see. The top times were in first place. It's Mark Dashford with an amazing... Amazing run across the optical course. Yeah, yeah, best I've ever seen. Totally. Second place is uh, Mr. Donny Zimmer for uh, for Aberforth. Uh, a great performance. Third place is Jesse Rohenberg. Little bit of a uh, obstacle there with the lightning uh, handlebars, things, monkey bars. Yeah, totally. And um, our fourth winner is uh, Merida, who uh, yeah was all right, I suppose. And we'd already binned off the other two, so it had to be her, really, didn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the rest of you, I'm like totally sorry but uh normal lessons for you tomorrow i'm afraid so uh he sends them on their way and uh everyone sort of disperses except you and donny zimmer as you walk you know past you're walking past the serpent pool etc you know and he just sort of pats his head hey not a head out of place he crows boastingly you know that he he did better than you in the obstacle course but just while he is sort of showing off about that cooper but out of the water and it smashes out of the water and pounces on Donnie clamping his head in her jaws to be continued